Dr. Samantha Nieves is our guest today to discuss ways pet parents can provide high-quality enrichment for their cats. Whether you are considering food puzzles or laser pointers, you won't want to miss this episode of The Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into the Family Pet Podcast, a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined as always by Stephen. Welcome in, Stephen. Howdy, brother. Howdy, howdy. I really rushed through that um, intro. I don't know why I spoke so fast. I don't know I don't either. Know. It's like, I, got, I mean, we've got I was, all the time we want. I was just waiting for the um, the, brother, quest, the brotherly mocking. The brotherly, that, well, let's see, how can I, what, well, I was just going to ask you if you've done anything fun lately in your life. Well, I went on a cross-country road trip with our brother David and our two daughters. Was that fun? It was a black. We went to the spam museum. The spam, we, like, like, sp- uh, like the a list museum? of emails. No, 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 spam. no, no. Spam. The 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 Hormel meat in a can. <laughs> it, it was the most. It was the highlight of our trip. We the butter uh, butterfest parade. Wait, 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 wait. Well, I feel like we're we're pushing past. There is a museum dedicated to meat in a can. It is literally the spam, the spam museum in. Uh, I think it's is it Sparta. Minnesota. The the location wasn't memorable, but the museum was. Oh, the, the yes. Did it talk was, about like the history of how spam even got in a can? Michael, the place was amazing. It was it was a museum all about spam for how it was formed, all the different flavors, why it's so popular. I don't know if I want to know what is in, in the spam Pacific, <laughs> in the Pacific. Here's the fun fact that uh, that David and I learned: they actually cook, they put the meat into the can, seal it, and then cook it. Really? So, yeah, because when the cooking process then kills all the bacteria, and then it's got a great shelf life because there's no bacteria that can get into the can after it's been cooked. It's already sealed up. I would have figured that it would like overpressurize the can and make it explode. I, I I don't know that part. The science of spam. Oh, but it was it was amazing. We got really amazing. off track. Well, th- this is a. An insight into our childhood is that we used to eat. Dad would make spam for us. Like, you mean our childhood? I, like you still eat it? I, could, I bought I a spam slicer. So I don't I can know get the, the last. Perfectly I don't know the last time I had spam. Oh my gosh, we love it. We our, should our, do this at the office one day for a, a team meeting. Well, uh, did you learn like different ways to cook spam? We learned all the different flavors and varieties of spam. They have different flavors. Oh, it's amazing! Oh, yeah, I've that are readily pictures. available. I've got pictures. Yes, I went and found some so that we could have in, more flavors in Murfreesboro. Yes, there's there's bacon flavored. There's jalapeno flavored. That sounds good. There, uh, it's like teriyaki. a spam loaf. A spam a loaf of spam. We have got to. All right, we. This is the Family Pet Podcast. I'm sorry to all of our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about spam, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I was asking you if you had done anything fun. To hopefully talk about like maybe a hobby or something that you have, but we talked about spam instead. (laughs) I don't, maybe, maybe Dr. Sam, who is our guest in studio today, uh, Dr. Samantha Nieves uh, at Family Pet Health, one of our rock star veterinarians, and also cat enrichment coordinator extraordinaire. Trainer, all that stuff. Researcher. Oh, I don't know about that. We're just, I'm just piling all these things on. (laughs) So the question is, do you like spam? No. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever, All right, now I'm let's talk about cats. All right, well, <laughs> so enough about spam. Uh, 
Dr. Sam, welcome into the Family Pet Podcast uh, to talk about cat enrichment. So what in the heck is cat enrichment and why are you talking about it? Um, well, thanks for having me. Um, cat enrichment, um, basically just another way of saying how en- enriching lives is, is another way of... Is it more than just entertainment? It's more than cat entertainment. Yes, it's, okay. it's a lot more than cat entertainment. Um, it's more of a how are we going to make this cat's life as enriched and as happy and how are we going to make this cat live the best life that it can live? Um, especially indoor cats, I think it's especially especially important to provide that enrichment. Yeah, we, we, t- we had um, cat... Ba- behavior consultant Pam Johnson Bennett award-winning author she came in and joined us on the on the podcast uh, not too long ago and talked to us about one of the b- myth cat myths and one of the things that she said the biggest myth that does cats a disservice and and really negatively affects their quality of life is that people will just think well I'm not home very much and I'll just get something low maintenance like a cat <laughs> and that what that leads to is cats being bored and then turning to destructive behaviors that then can even lead to, let's just take it to the extreme, it can even lead to euthanasia. Mm-hmm. And so what what you're going to be talking with us about today is how to enrich their lives uh, through their environment and activities and interactions with, with ourselves and and um, to so that we can avoid those types of problems. And you have a cat and you identified the fact that you're gone during the day because you've got to work. Mm-hmm. So you used cat enrichment as the process, as that, that outlet for, for your cat. Can you walk through your thinking, your thought process, and what that developed into? Yeah, so um, I guess back, backtracking, you kind of mentioned that boredom can lead to destructive behaviors and um, maybe even eventually euthanasia. Um, and it can also lead to a lot of medical conditions that we see in the hospital a lot. Um, stress ca- stressed out cats, especially male neutered cat, which is what my cat is. Um, they like to, we use the term block, where they just get so stressed out, their urethra gets inflamed and it kind of just it blocks itself and they're not able to urinate, which can lead to possible bladder rupture. Um, and that's, that's pretty high. Um, at, there's a high prevalence in the feline community, especially with those that aren't provided with the adequate amount of enrichment, um, or um, they're just they're stressed out at home for whatever reason that is that we're not recognizing why um, they're stressed out. And so I think providing this enrichment is essential um, to not only the mental and physical well-being of the cats, but um, it, it's also kind of our responsibility to meet their. Um, What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like their natural behaviors. Um, like all cats have a, pl- a prey drive. And so we need toys that are able to mimic those prey. They have to be able to catch it. They got to be able to chase after it, stalk it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, making sure they catch it is also important. You can't just let them ev- like evade them this, their entire time because they're going to get frustrated. They're not wa- going to want to play with you. Um, I I really think enrichment is is very very important, especially these indoor cats, where we're telling them, "Hey, look, you're going to be inside your whole life. Um, you're going to eat at this time. You're going to eat right here. You're going to use the bathroom in this closet in this box and nowhere else. Um, you can't get on the counters. And here's the scratching posts that you'll have for the rest of your life. Have fun." Um, and so I think it's important being able to identify when our cats are happy, and and providing this enrichment is actually a good way to 
to kind of monitor their behavior where I know if my cat, he's, if he's not playing with something, I know something's up with him. Mm. Um, and that's just his behavior. Like I know people that have their cats and they never see them. They're like, Oh, they're always like hiding under the bed or they're always like in their own room. Well, I'm like, well, how are you going to know if they're sick? If you're not seeing them every day, you're not interacting with them, playing with them, you know, and, and you'll know if your cat's feeling kind of off or, um, uh, I guess not right. And I think enrichment is a good way of, of kind of just another layer that we can add and uh, kind of protecting them. Um, so with my cat in particular, um, I got very, I guess, lucky in that he has a little bit of Bengal cat in him, which is, I say lucky sarcastically, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was looking for a cat, I was like, there are two cats I do not want. I do not want a Bengal, and I do not want a Savannah. You're right. And <laughs> lucky me, I picked a cat that looked like a regular tabby, and he was more. Um, so quickly found that out when he started going through all his toys and kind of just wrecking my apartment. Um, which I paid a deposit for, so we could not have that. Mm. Um, and this is when you were in vet school, This right? is when I, yeah, when I was in vet so school. So it's not like you were stressed out or anything? <laughs> no, yeah. of course not, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> just gone 18 hours a day. <laughs> and so it was a lot of a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of being creative. and Because, um, again, I was a vet student. I'm, I'm not out here buying a bunch of toys. I'm making what I can and giving him the amount of entertainment that he needs and um, there, there are some ways you can get creative out there. And, and in vet school, did you use him as a, um, like a project or for research? I mean, not a, like, like a laboratory research, mm-hmm. but just that you were trying some different things out and did you share that information with? Yeah. So, um, I actually clicker trained him. Um, he knows, I want to say about like 15 tricks. Okay. Um, and, um, we entered kind of, it was an enrichment contest at the school. And we ended up winning. Oh, so he's <laughs> an award-winning cat. I, I didn't know that. I know, um, but just with all the amount of enrichment and stuff I had around, and it was it was years of collecting things, and um, like I said, trial and error. Um, I didn't do that contest until like three years after I had him. But we should start. We should. That's that is the answer. That is the answer to the Walk My Dog program. So we have the Walk My Dog program for our dog owners. We should do a contest for cat enrichment. Yeah, we're gonna awesome. We're gonna make we're gonna make this happen. I don't know what we'll call it. If anybody out there has an idea of what we could call this contest, email me, Michael at familypethealth.com. <laughs> um, okay, so you said your you, your cat's name is Coda. Coda. Okay, so Coda knows about fifteen tricks. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit, maybe like his top three? Um, and when I say top three, I mean maybe like your favorites to do or his favorites are the most interesting okay well his favorite so i don't know if it's this cast in general or just him um i know a few animals that are do it but when if i'm if i'm training him or a new trick or if he wants something from me he will start going through all his tricks just to see <laughs> <laughs> she's just wanting to me to do something exactly. which is going to give me the treat yeah, I'm gonna sit, um, shake hands, so on. right now he is fixated on yawn I taught him how to yawn using hand cues. That's cool. Um, roll over. I taught him is like if I do bang and point a little finger gun at him, he rolls over on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's fixated on that one. Um, <laughs> and then my favorite one to do is meerkat, where he stands up on his hind legs. Awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Does Does he have like his own social media accounts or anything? No, oh, he okay. doesn't. Right. No. I didn't know. I've, th- I've thought about it. It's just <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if you if you record them, then send them to Haley at our office, and she'll make a TikTok highlight reel. 
Okay. Yeah, we'll share that. Deal. Okay. So how did you, you, you mentioned clicker training. So if someone wants to, well, let's, let, let's even say this. Let's say that someone owns a cat or cats at home and they have done nothing more because they didn't know. But now that they've listened to the family pet podcast and their curiosity here has shown them that they need to be enriching their cat's lives. Where do you recommend they start? Well, if they're trying to, if they're trying to train them to do tricks, um, I love clicker training, just positive reinforcement training in general. Um, clicker training is just a way to fine tune that. Um, cats will start to recognize the click as a cue that they did something right. So instead of us saying good job, mm-hmm. the click is more, we can time that, we can time it better and they're able to associate it a little bit quicker than us saying good job. Cause that's, that's too many words. Um, it's too long of a phrase that they learn kind of milliseconds. Um, and so that click does a really good job job of just timing, timing what I want. Um, and kind of just telling them, Hey, that's what I want. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen some videos of me training him. Um, I think I sent one a few months ago to our little family family pet health snapchat of me clicking and as soon as the clicker went off he kind of like turned his head like oh what i do right <laughs> um, <laughs> and i was trying to get him to go somewhere that just away from me while i was eating i was like go, go sit over there right <laughs> um and he, and he learned it pretty quickly um but i think clicker training is a good place to start you have to train them um to recognize that the click is a cue for something that they did something right and then after they're able to recognize, okay, click means I did something right. You can um, click when they sit down and then he realizes, oh, I sit down, I get a treat. Mm. Um, and so you kind of, it's easier to train them when they're already doing the behaviors naturally. Right. Um, so if your cat never lays down on his back, he's probably, you're probably going to have a really, really hard time training him to lay down on his back. When I was training Coda to yawn, it took months because I would literally just stare at him and waited until he yawned. And then, cl- <laughs> and, oh then my I cl- and then I clicked. <laughs> We're like, I'm going to, this is going to be successful. Yep. And I would just sit there and I was like, whenever he yawned, I'd click. And then he get really confused. He's like, what did I do? Right. And then he'd go through all his tricks again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So do you, do you have it now at a, that there's a signal to get him to yawn? Like you, you. Oh yeah. 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 All I have to do is kind of just open my hand. Oh neat. (laughs) And he just yawns. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to like hire a, a videographer to go and get all of Coda's tricks on film make it uh, I have a couple of videos on YouTube I yeah. can. tricks on camera mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people when they hear enrichment they're just thinking play so for our clients or for, for listeners what are some play options that they can start with as they start thinking of these other things as well um, some play options I think incorporating food into play is huge with cats um, they actually should be getting some sort of food over the 24-hour period. Um, In an ideal world, they're hunting for their prey um, like multiple times a day. They like small, frequent meals. Um, So I like food puzzles and food toys, um, and that entertains them for for quite a bit. And it it takes a little bit of time. You have to be patient. You have to train them how to use the food puzzles and food toys. You can't just put a toy out there or puzzle out there and be like solve it because mm. um, they're going to get frustrated they're not going to want know what to do and they're not going to want to use it um do you use special treats inside a food puzzle or just a regular kibble i use their kibble okay um i take it out of his um like my own cat i take it out of his daily portion i'll take like he say he gets half a cup of food a day i'll take a handful put it in a food puzzle then he gets mm-hmm. that food in the food puzzle and then the other 
the other meals come through his automatic feeder every like four hours throughout the day. Let's say that again. So our regular portion of food, it's whatever you (laughs) normally feed. Take it from there. Don't supplement the food because we, your previous visit here was pet obesity. Fatty cats. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, and actually when play will actually help with obesity too. So two birds, one stone kind of thing. Um, other things, wands, those feather toys, they love those. Um, you have to decide, you have to figure out what your cat's prey preference is because some like them up in the air and some will chase them on the ground. Um, not all cats like things that fly. Coda doesn't like things that fly. It scares him. Our, um. cats, our cats love this time of the year because the lights are on and all the moths come to the door or whatever. And when we let the dogs out to use the bathroom, the moths will fly in and Fezzik will be doing backflips and jumping and he'll jump up on top of things. I'm like, how did he even get up there to, to try to get the, uh, the moths? And he chirps at them mm-hmm. like, yeah. the, like a bird. It's amazing. They're pretty entertaining to watch. All right, so you said, uh, so training, you, uh, did we talk about all three, your top three treats? So late, yawning, what'd you say the other um, ones was? Play dead. Oh, the uh, meerkats the and stuff, okay. Yeah. Is there any, are there any tricks that serve a purpose that you recommend? Like like you mentioned, you trained them to go away when you were trying to eat or something. Oh, yeah. But any other uh, tricks or easy things that you think people, hey, you, if you're going to only learn one trick, learn this one. Mm. Like, like getting in a carrier on command, is that even a thing? Can we train to do that? Well, yeah. I mean, I have to hide my carrier because he runs into it if I bring it out. Because <laughs> I trained him to use what? it. What? <laughs> yeah. So you trained um, your cat to get in his carrier. Oh, yeah. I've done yeah. so. Yeah, I've trained him to... So I bring the carrier out. Um, I trained him. Like, if he goes in it, he gets a treat. Um, and that was really easy to train. Like, he looked at it. I clicked. He started sniffing it. I clicked. He put one foot in. I clicked. Eventually, he walked in there. Um and he was fine, and now I have to hide it because he'll spend his entire time in there and meow at me if I don't give him treats. He's like, feed <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm doing what um, you put this out here for. I, which uh, is, um, and for, for our listeners out there, that's a really that's a really good quote-unquote trick for your cat to know, not only to so that you can get him to the vet's office, but if there's a tornado warning or you need to evacuate your house for a fire or something, you need to be able to make that command to have your cat come running to get in its crate. It, it just will make it better for you in that in those types of extreme circumstances. Yeah, and, and if possible, have other people try and get your cat into that carrier because if there is an emergency and you're not there for some reason mm-hmm. and someone needs to get your cat, um, they can get them in the carrier. Like I know, like Coda will get in the carrier with whoever puts a carrier in front of him. Um, Good. And so we, so we talked about the tricks, the playing. You mentioned that find out what your cat likes to do i know at our house we have one that likes to chase the feather toy and the other one that chases the laser dot Mm -hmm. like loves it but i do worry that you mentioned let them catch it um is there anything i can do to like kind of like end the laser at at a food bowl or something would that be letting him catch it yeah so with the lasers um if they catch the laser i'll throw a treat okay or something or a piece of kibble or something like i'll make sure the laser's off and i'll be like Mm -hmm. yeah you caught it they're a little treat and then Usually that signifies like the end of the play, um, or you can keep going. But I try. Well, you can you can try and make him give a treat. What about environmental enrichment? I I know um, we've talked about cat scratching posts before, and Pam mentioned a cat tower. She likes cat towers. Is there anything else that you've put at your house or kind of customized for Coda to to enjoy yeah. his environment? Yeah, wall shelves. He loves the wall shelves. Are those those like free floating yeah, shelves? Okay. Yeah. Um, they have specific companies that you can buy them from. Um, 
or you can um, I bought I have a mixture I have some from a company and then I have some that I just bought on Amazon that was able to hold like 50 pounds appropriate amount of weight and then I was able to buy um, um, some carpets with adhesive on the back so I was able to kind of just like put it on the shelf so it wouldn't slip off if he ever oh, ran up and running, yeah, yeah. yes because he he just slipped one time and I was like oh none of that yeah um, so I put some carpet on there and I used those more at the stepping the steps kind of to get to the main ones that I bought from like the companies that are able to actually withhold his weight while he sleeps and okay kind of thing the cat but, hammocks way up yeah, the, yeah 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 I've seen the drawbridges have you seen those Stephen like the little cat oh, I have drawbridges. One of those. you have a drawbridge yeah nice <laughs> or swinging bridge yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's awesome we are um and I'll I'll put this on the family pet health TikTok account whenever we finally start this project probably this fall when it's not so blazing hot outside we're building a catio at our house for our Ooh. cats so I have this uh right outside of the room where they stay during the day um, is that uh, I'm, there's a window there and so right outside of that there's a flower bed that's just never really the, actually I, it had some great flowers in it but our border terrier dug them all up and chewed them <laughs> I was like why would you why why well it's because she's a border terrier but anyway I'm gonna use we're gonna make a permanent basically people could think of a chicken coop mm-hmm. but we're gonna have it for the cat so that they can go out of the their window into the catio that's gonna be awesome. I'm they're excited. Gonna, they're gonna love it. They will, and they'll also be on heartworm prevention yep. because they will be outside. <laughs> yep. So that's important. If what about taking your cats outside? We have one uh, client that has two Savannah cats, and she has them harness trained on leashes. Like she mm-hmm. takes them on walks. So we, mm-hmm. she actually, the first year we did the walk my dog challenge, she entered her cats and went on cat walks. So they won prizes too. Oh, good. So we messed, I messed, I, was like, well, I messed that up. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, walk your pet challenge, I guess. But, um, what about taking your cats outside? Is that a, is that okay for enrichment? Yes. Um, it kind of depends, I guess, where you live and kind of the situation. Um, Coda knows how to walk on a leash. Um, when I was at when I was at Davis, they had a really nice arboretum right behind the vet school campus, and there was this nice little kind of um, flower bed garden area. And I took him there because I knew that he had tall grass that he can hide behind. I was able to see every direction, see who was approaching. Um, whenever I brought him out to go walk, I took his carrier with him um, because that if if something were to happen and he he got scared that carrier was a safe haven so i knew that if i had this carrier sitting on a bench somewhere in our proximity if he ever got away from me he would run to that carrier he's not going to be running out in the middle of the Mm. park somewhere okay um and so you have to first you have to figure out if your cat can walk on a harness ours ours collapse (laughs) but we we bought the same harnesses (laughs) we put them on and they just fell over and they were like what did we just kill our cat (laughs) like it it's so ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> they, they just, just fall they over. freeze and then they just fell over on their side and then they look like they're paralyzed. They're like, Meow. I'm yeah. like, get up. Like fainting cats. Yes. It's, it's really hilarious. But will they get over that? Or, I mean, is there any way I can train them to go? Was we clicker want to let train. Them. Well, Give them the clicker. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, I was like, did you leave it on them or did you take it off? And no, we took, we, yeah. we sat there and stared at each other. I'm like, he's really not going to get up. He's, he has, <laughs> and then he kind of struggled and I was like, well, it was stressing him out. So we okay. took it off. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, was, I didn't want to put it just a collar on him because yeah. he could, you know, choke himself or give him a neck problem. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of collars. Honestly. Yeah. Um, especially cat collars that like to break away. Um, with the harnesses, I would say um, small, short, frequent yeah. sessions with food. With food. Yeah, and that I, makes sense. And I like the ones that if they pull, they tighten because I know he's not going to get away. 
Um, oh yeah, if they're struggling. Yeah, yeah, like Coda is actually he actually has a like a small dog harness because I didn't like the cat harnesses that they had. And make sure if if your cats are going out in a catio or a cat walk, make sure that they're microchipped. Even if they're indoor only, microchip your cats because if they do bolt out the door. You want to make sure that if they go and run and hide and somebody picks them up, that we can get them back to you. So talk to your veterinarian about getting your cat microchipped as well. All right. We are running out of time, Dr. Sam. Mm -hmm. We could probably talk for many more episodes about cat enrichment. I think we've um, done a good job. I was going to say scratching the surface. And I was like, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> and you've already it, made it before. I, I know. And it wasn't even a joke. It just like it just came out. I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll have you back and talk some more cats uh, in the future. Sure. But we're at that part of the show where we have our fun fact of the day. So did you come prepared with any random fun fact uh, about cats or anything else for vet vet care that our curious pet parents out there can use to win trivia night? I did. All right. Um, so way back in 2022, um, there's an eight-year-old cat named Alexis who lives in Austria. 2022? Uh, that's this year, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, wait, 2020. Okay. <laughs> Way back, like, last week. Way back last okay. week. All right, so 2020. Uh, so in 2020, cat. there's an eight-year-old cat named Alexis who lives in Austria who performed the most cat or most tricks by a cat in one minute, which was 26. So 26 tricks in one minute. Nice. Steven can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I couldn't resist. I, I had to dig at him once. <laughs> this is payback. If you listen to episodes in the past, you know how much Steven payback was mean first. to me as a kid. Oh, now damn. I get to him. All right, so 22 ca in one minute. Yeah. Are you and Coda going to try to break that? No, no. He he does like one. And then he takes a break. Early, yeah, and then he <laughs> walks around, and then he's like, oh, I guess I'll come back now. Okay, <laughs> nice. So he is kind of like whenever he wants to do yeah. it. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, Dr. Sam, for joining us today on the Family Pit Podcast and talking a little bit about cats and enrichment, how we can make their lives better, and uh, and just increase that bond between our, our ourselves as cat owners and the cats themselves. So thank you. Will you come back and do it again? I will. I'll all right. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate all that you do uh, for your client, for your patients and clients and, and for joining us here to help educate those curious pet parents that are here listening and subscribing to the Family Pet Podcast. For all of you out there, we hope to see you next time. Until then, stay curious. The Family Pet is a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe that the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet is a production of Family Pet Health, PLLC, and recorded in the studios of Spread the Positive Productions in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on the things that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com. Oh.